your views, your news, your Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. Now, Sinn Féin TD Morris Quinlevin was talking to Gillian on yesterday's Limerick Today. We were actually shocked yesterday, the figures of 138. And I was thinking, how can they even manage out there? You know, your heart would go to people who are waiting out there, the families of those people, but particularly the staff who are working in very, very difficult conditions. But to hear today, like, and the figures have just been released, they were recent, or a few minutes ago, 150 people on trolleys. It's just an absolute, I, I don't know how they're going to cope with that. Um, even just for the simple logistics of 150 people in the emergency department or wherever they're going to be scattered around the um, the hospital. Now I understand that some will be in corridors upstairs, some are in in extra in wards or outside the wards actually. Um, and you know, some are from my understanding from people who contact me today, family members are sitting on the seats as there is actually you know enough trolleys there. But 150 anybody's been to the hospital will clearly imagine that you can't fit 150 trolleys into that hospital. So, as I say, like my thoughts are, at the moment are straight with the people who are out there, their families, their friends, and the people who are working in those conditions. You remember the people who are who are on trolleys are people who are deemed necessary and need a bed. So the people who have been assessed already and are people who are ready to go into a bed into a ward, but there is no bed and no ward available. And it brings us back to the capacity issues we have here. And the government, I believe, have no plan to get us out of this. The only plan they have at the moment is they're building a 96 unit and that would only deliver 48 additional beds. So, for instance, we would have still 102 people on beds today if if that was even delivered, but that's not scheduled to be delivered till the mid-25. And there's no plan in the meantime. There's no fixed plan, for instance, when we open the new 96-bed unit, we would be closing what we're calling Nightingale beds. There would be the the wards we would be familiar with where multiple multiple beds are in the ward. Um, obviously they're not fit for purpose in, in modern times because of infections and stuff but what we should be doing is the day we move out of those wards is we should have another team going in there partitioning the rooms up and, and delivering extra beds in there whilst we wait for other units to be built we cannot go on with the way we're going on it's not fair on the people in, the, in Limerick and the Midwest to be putting up with this for years and years and years like that's Sinn Féin, Limerick City, TD. Morris Quinlevin chatting to Gillian on yesterday's Limerick Today show as those figures for yesterday. 150 on trolleys at University Hospital Limerick in Dora Doyle. An unwanted new national record uh, beating a previous national record set at University Hospital Limerick in very recent times indeed. Now Minister for Education, Norma Foley uh, who is a TD in our neighbouring county of Kerry as well and of course a member of the Cabinet in government joins me on the line now because she is in Limerick today. She's in Adair. Good morning to you Minister. Good morning Joe. Minister, obviously, and it's not as if we don't cover the story of UHL in Dora Doyle on a continuous basis, uh, including when the national media spotlight is well away from it. But it is, again, the topic on everyone's lips in Limerick over the last 24 hours. And as I say, you're from a neighbouring county, so you'll be well familiar with it. 150 on trolleys of our citizens yesterday in and around that hospital? 
Absolutely, Joe. Um, and it is utterly unacceptable. And I, I don't for one minute uh, underestimate the, the enormous stress um, on, on patients uh, who are in that situation, nor indeed do I underestimate the stress for the staff. And I, I, I know there's an excellent staff um, in Limerick, as you've said. Um, you know, I, I am from the neighbouring county. Um, I do want to say very clearly and honestly, my own family have been beneficiaries of the excellent care um, some years back uh, provided by the staff um, in University Hospital Limerick. So I, I want to be very clear about that. Um, in, in terms of the situation and I suppose the way forward, I, I think Minister Donnelly has been very clear that really, I suppose there are two key um, enablers going forward and that's around capacity and indeed around reform. And in terms of capacity, um, I think I want, I want to acknowledge in the first instance that, you know, there has been an increase in staffing. There's been more than 1,100 additional staff provided for in the lifetime of this government, now going to something like 3,900 3, staff. There's also been extra beds provided for. Um, I understand, you know, that there are um, two 96 um, bed units um, uh, being built on site. Um, I, I know and I, I know there are issues around, we'll say, for example, the surrounding areas where you're talking about whether it's, you know, Ennis or Nina or, or St. John's, the, the uh, medical assessment units there. Um, but they are working well. They're currently looking at how they can standardise and even, you know, lengthen the hours there to, to, to be of support to the university hospital. And I suppose that the final point the minister has made consistently as well is that there is a need for reform in terms of ensuring that, you know, senior decision makers are on site, um, you know, particularly on Saturdays and Sundays to make those crucial decisions. And I think that has all been part of, you know, the new contract that has been negotiated um, for consultants. And I, right, I, 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 that, that last point, say, yeah. that last point that you made, um, the Minister talking about reform, we heard him on Live 95 a couple of weeks ago making that point. Uh, we mm -hmm. saw him yesterday um, in a media conference at the Department of Health making that point. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people listening are scratching their heads around that particular one. How is it possible that after everything that's gone on for so long, this situation of reform is still not sorted out? But I, I would think that the point that is being made is that it is part of the new contract for consultants. Um, it, it, it is what has been negotiated and has been... I no, no, but his point was that long. currently... UHL in Dora Doyle is the second worst hospital in the country for weekend discharges. And I think a lot of people have asked, even on this show in recent times, if this situation existed in a major hospital in Dublin, would it have been allowed to continue for as long as it has by the government? Well, I think to be fair, in terms of negotiating new contracts and putting in place new measures, uh, they don't happen overnight. This government no, has been No, but they've happened elsewhere, job. Minister. And I, look, yeah. I, I appreciate this is not your direct remit and we yeah. will move on to what your tears talk yeah. about, but you are a cabinet minister yeah. and this is a Indeed. fundamental issue in the run-up to an election uh, in Limerick mm -hmm. and the Midwest. And the part that really confuses people is when the Minister for Health says there are other hospitals in the current situation, you talk about contracts that are performing mm -hmm. so much better. UHL is the second worst, he says, for weekend discharge. He claims that's a key point, along with other reform. Shouldn't the minister be on site driving this reform if it hasn't happened? And coming back every two weeks 
to everybody involved, all the stakeholders, and making sure that it goes on. I mean, it is completely, almost unbelievable at this point that these records continue to be broken. And 150 of our citizens in Limerick and Irish citizens are on trolleys around that hospital yesterday. Well, just on that point, okay, about being on the ground, I think, to be fair, uh, Minister John Lee has appointed, you know, Sandra Broderick as the new regional officer for the for the Midwest. And she is on the ground, uh, is my understanding, in UHL. And she is um, fully, um, I suppose, uh, appraising of the situation as it exists. It is not acceptable. And, you know, I, I would be very clear in saying it is not acceptable, the situation that has arisen. Um, but government has looked at this from two, I suppose, two priority areas. One is ensuring that the staffing was in place. One is ensuring that there are extra beds or additional beds being provided for, both of which are being delivered on by this government. Um, equally looking at, we'll say, uh, the surrounding areas in terms of the medical assessment units, that the, there would be a lengthening of their to alleviate some of the pressure and finally ensuring that somebody is on site in terms of oversight of operations and that has been done with the appointment of of Sandra Broderick. It is not like... I think we have to be very clear in saying what is happening is not acceptable. Um, what is happening cannot continue to proceed. And for those reasons, all of these measures have been put in place by by the minister. And and I, I think we we must allow the steps um you know, to, to, to take place and to take root. It is a wholly unacceptable situation, both for the staff themselves and indeed for the patients. And I equally understand for the patients' families who are actually looking at this and watching this every single day. I know how distressing it is to have somebody um, in hospital or on a trolley and, and, and being ill. Having a family member being ill in the first place is a, is a huge distress, but having to experience what's being experienced currently in terms of uh, the trolleys is wholly unacceptable. The minister has put measures in place. It is very much, I think, you referenced yourself, the minister speaking about this issue yesterday. He has spoken about it consistently. Uh, he he uh, has been very clear in that is looking for reform in the area of what happens at the weekends in terms of discharge but also he has been clear in terms of putting the money in place to ensure that what's required is in place whether it's beds or staff or whatever the case might be. Okay we'll move on now because we are going to talk to the INMO later on and obviously this issue um, will continue to dominate the agenda on this show and in Limerick in general. I, I would say that we were covering this throughout the last 12 months including in the summer when nobody else was bothering with it and part of the reason was unfortunately based on our experience over an extended number of years we felt that we could end up in this situation in January and early February and it's just terrible terrible that we're we're here again terrible well, and, for the, for the and, and anyway, I, I'm not, I'm not going to I'm not push, pursuing you any further on it now because in fairness you you are here and I accept that uh, in your capacity as minister for education um in Limerick so there's a new special school for Limerick uh, that will open later this year C- can you confirm minister where in Limerick how many it will cater for and what specific special services this school will cater for um, well, thank you, Joe. I'm just in the first instance to acknowledge that there has been a, an enormous growth in the area of special education. Um, you know, 2.7 billion euro has been provided by government now. And so we have presently more than 3,000 special classes in place in our schools around the country, two thirds of which have been uh, provided in the last three years under this government. Uh, we have the largest number of professionals uh, ever working in the area of special education, more than 40,000. That's including, you know, uh, special education teachers and SNAs. So 
I'm very appreciative of the work that has been done on the ground by schools um, who are working uh, collaboratively with the department to to ensure that we have full opportunity for all children in the school system. You're correct. Um, there are four new uh, special schools which we announced early. Um, this year to be in place for September of 24. One will be in the Limerick City area. Um, the location, um, I cannot disclose yet because there's a body of work being done around that, but I can confirm that it will be open and it will be up and running um, for uh, September of 24. We have currently 130 um, special schools um, across the country, so uh, seven of which uh, have been provided for in the last uh, three years, but the additional four um, are um, an additional resource in the area. I think it's important to say that we are really pushing forward with special classes um, and, and that's very important in our mainstream schools, but there will also always be a need um, for the, the choice or the opportunity for those right. to attend special schools. And, and, and what specific um, special services will this new school in Limerick cater for? Well, it will cater for um, young people who have um, more complex needs, children who um, parents and guardians would feel cannot be catered for in the mainstream system. Um, so it will have all the facilities of a special school, um, all the additional um, supports that are required for children with particularly uh, complex needs. The body of work is ongoing at present in terms of the site and the location and the enrolment and further information in relation to that will be released in the coming months. Uh, we're talking this morning to the Minister for Education, Norma Foley, who is in Limerick today. She specifically at the moment is in Adair. Uh, now, uh, we had you on the show when you were telling us about the rollout of free school books in primary schools. When will secondary school students get access to the free book scheme? Yeah, I'm very pleased that the um, primary school uh, rollout of free books, I suppose, really uh, has gone so well. And again, want to acknowledge the work that's done in, done in the schools in relation to that. But it has been very positively received. It has been a, a measure that has supported families really in terms of reducing costs for them uh, at a cost of um, over 50 million euro. Um, in the budget, this past budget, um, I secured provision to ensure that the rollout would continue now to post-primary. So from September of 24, all junior cycle students uh, will be in receipt of um, free school books also. And so we have a, a continuum, if you like, um, of the um, of the rollout of this measure. And it would be my hope and expectation if in a position to do so, but considerations aside, that that may well be uh, in a position to roll it out to include senior cycle students as well. Um, but presently, we will go from primary to junior cycle students in September of 24. Okay. And now, um, uh, as you know, there are some secondary school children not getting places. Um, it's happening in Limerick. I know it's happening elsewhere too. Um, and we are told by listeners from time to time that schools are holding places for people who are, happen to be good at sport should that be the case, can anything be done about it? No, well, I mean, um, in, in the first instance, I suppose, in, in terms of school places and, and uh, what's happening, I want to be very clear that, you know, in the last this million euro um, has been uh, expended uh, in the area in terms of provision of you know, brand new schools um, like we have in Colosh de Chiron in, in Croom. Uh, and I had the pleasure of officially opening that school, or school extension to County, all of which are providing for additional accommodation, additional places. Um, we're, we're very um, clear of the need. We have a growing population right across uh, India. So 
you're, dro- you're dropping out of me there, Minister, unfortunately, and it's just in the middle of your answer there. I don't know if, you, if, you, if the phone's moved slightly or maybe you've moved a little. We're just, it was perfect up to now. Sorry about that. Um, sorry, am, you, am I back with you? You are, you? I can hear you a bit better now. We'll just I, try one more time, yeah. Yeah, no, no. I, so I was just saying, you know, the, the 200 million euro investment in the last three years in, in buildings has ensured that we have brand new schools. It also has ensured that we have school extensions or we have special education need bases within our schools. So we are proactively and consistently um, providing new and additional places. And we also have a forward planning unit within the department, which ensures that, um, you know, we are engaging, we'll say, with school patrons. We're engaging with local authorities. We're looking at the census statistics that are available to us. So we're consistently forward planning in terms of the needs well, what, what in about, an area. What about, well, coming, coming from your county, Naomi, what about uh, getting a preference in a secondary school because you're a handy Gaelic footballer? <laughs> I'm not aware of that uh, at all um, being, uh, y- you know, happening in reality. You know, uh, children apply to a school um, for a place where places are available, they're accommodated, and um, if there's a lack of capacity within the school, then there's engagement you, with the you've, department. You've never, you've never heard of that happening, no? Of, of a preference being given to a, a young person because of a, of a particular ability? Yeah. No, I really I don't think that's. You've fair. never, you've never no. heard of it. I'm, 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 the, re- the, reason I'm, the reason I'm surprised is it comes up in Limerick, right? That's all I'll say. And it comes up on this show. Well, uh, you know. well there's a clear admission say, for every school. Uh, policy must be above reproach. And I, I don't believe I've ever read an admission policy a child receive a place because of his or her ability yeah. in a sporting Well, no, no, Minister. Like, we all know, to be how, fair. How, we all know how Ireland works now. I, I seriously doubt it's going to be written in the admission policy. <laughs> but I'm telling you, de facto, well, we have heard here from listeners over a number of years that ability in a sporting sphere can create a situation where somebody who under normal circumstances wouldn't necessarily be in a given school ends up in that school. Well, then if there's an issue of that nature and there's a breach of an admission policy, I would suggest that people would make contact with the department. Okay. Uh, what, Ad- admission policies are there to be enforced. Right. One, one other question, and uh, that relates to the advocation by you that primary schools and parents sign up to an agreement to ban smartphones for that age group. Um, do you think that can be effective? Yes, I do. I'm, I'm an enormous believer, really, in the, the power of the collective, as it were. And, um, you know, we've seen great examples of this operating um, throughout the country. And basically, we in the department have stepped in to say to parents that we're happy to support you. We will provide the, the guidance and guidelines, which we've already issued to schools. But we will also provide, you know, the information and training insofar as we're working with WebWise, who would be experts in the area of safety um, on the Internet. And so we will be providing um Already, we've had a rollout of information sessions in some of our education centres and there will be more of that to come. Uh, that's currently being piloted. We've also, um, in the next short while, we'll be rolling out regional webinars. And we're saying to parents, really, that we will support you. You know, there isn't an issue during school day because there's an acceptable use policy in action in all of our schools. But parents say to me that their real concern and their real worry is what happens after the school day. So we're inviting parents to come together um, through the parents' associations in the primary schools. Uh, the Department of Education will support them. But if they work together as a collective, 
you know, we know if one child or two or three in a class have a smartphone, well, then there's pressure on others to have the same. So where all of the parents come together, make an agreement that within their class, there will not be the purchase of a smartphone. Now, it's not an anti-phone thing. There, there's no issue with the child having a phone, but there is a question around children. And, you know, um, reports were issued this week that said that a quarter of children at the age of six had access to the smartphone. And we know when they have access to a smartphone, they carry in their pocket access to information or content that many, many parents would not wish young people to see. So this is an opportunity really for parents to to come together, to be proactive in the space and to be supported by the department in in doing that. Okay. Well, Minister for Education, we thank you for coming on and your willingness to talk to us about various issues. I'm sure listeners would hope that you will bring back what we've talked about today to the Minister for Health, um, as you've said yourself and acknowledged what's happening at UHL in Dura Doyle is a deep, deep worry and concern uh, to to everybody. Uh, but uh, we thank you for your time. I appreciate that very much. Thank you, Joe. Your view.